Welcome to Inside Yorkshire with Susan. I'm talking, walking and often swimming in this marvellous county, sharing news and views with fellow enthusiasts. So, come on in and join us. Hello there, Susan here, Inside Yorkshire. For today's episode, I took a drive across from Swaledale over into Wensleydale and I actually did some video content while I was going over there. I'm creating some behind-the-scenes content for anyone that's interested, but it's not live yet. Audio editing is one is one matter, video editing another matter altogether for me anyway. Today's episode, I interviewed Tom Addison. Now, Tom Addison is a fine furniture maker. He makes one-of-a-kind unique pieces and well, recently been commissioned to make a Gothic throne, which is now in place at the top of a castle tower. That's quite an interesting story. If you want to know just where it is and where it can be seen, then you'll need to listen further. Also, Tom is not just a fine furniture maker. He's also an English fell running champion. He has been running from an early age and became the English fell running champion in 2014. So quite an interesting episode this one, I feel. Hello, Tom. It's lovely to meet you. Thank you, Susan. Yeah, it's lovely to meet you too. <laughs> and we, we discover that we have some mutual connections as well. But uh, So we've, we've had quite a chat before we even started, That's haven't it, yeah. we? Yeah. Mm. Now, you are a Yorkshireman born and bred, though, aren't you? It's not like you've uh, yeah. just just moved into Yorkshire. Where was well, it that you, that so you were actually born, born? I was born over at Steeton, so just over across the Dales, just over towards Keithley. Um, and then, um, I, I, yeah, lived actually over in Colne, though, which I suppose is Lancashire. But then uh, three or four, I, I moved, my family moved over to the Lake District, where I lived for most of my life over at Kendall. I was mm. brought up around there. And you did your um, you did your training, you did an apprenticeship, didn't you? I think, what was the company called? Peter Hall and Sons, was it? Yeah, Peter Hall and Son there. Um, mm. So I was actually um, training at the time um, at Kendall College. I was training, doing a two year course and halfway through the second year of my course, I, uh, I saw that Peter Hollandsons were applying for apprentices and I mean within this industry furniture making it's quite it's quite a niche industry mm. and these jobs and opportunities are quite rare to come by you know to get an apprenticeship at such a prestigious uh, company that were that I held at that time and many people hold them in such high regard for the standards and they're such a quality uh, company to work for and and that are produ currently producing furniture um i just thought you know gosh i have to get my get, I've in, got there. To get in there mm. and uh when i heard about it i just went straight to the library did my cv and that day i think it, i had got in on like the last day that you could apply and uh for the apprenticeship and um yeah just handed it in and um then uh, yeah, I, I received a phone call, you know, to get to get an interview, interview. and mm. uh, yeah, was lucky enough to. It was quite a, a vigorous uh, 
you know, selection process. It's mm. like quite intense. There was about five or six of us that got the interview to an interview stage, and then it was um, like a practical skills test that we all had to sort of do. And yeah, I was I was amazed that just to be there to get to that stage anyway, and then to actually get the job, I was just thrilled. Was it was it just one one apprentice they took one on? One apprentice, oh, yeah. So you was, did so well yeah, then, was, didn't you? I was so surprised. I was, uh, yeah. You'd be really thrilled. Different. Yeah, thrilled. I was because mm. it was such a, a brilliant opportunity uh, to get in there with such a good company. Mm. And uh, it was, yeah, uh, that that was it then for me. Uh, there was no sort of turning back. That was, uh, you know, I, I, I thought how lucky I am to get this. Mm. And I wanted to make the most of it and, and really relish it. Now then, I, I know that, well, it's obvious from talking to you that you're passionate about wood and everything that you're doing here. And it was, uh, how long was it? Was it six years you worked for them? So, yeah, six years uh, I worked there, um, which was really great because because the standard that they worked to, you know, they, I was... I was within a team there where there was some of the best makers around. You know, they were brilliant, and they were pu- they were pushing you all the time. You would be getting, you know, you'd get called up on something that you wouldn't even to to anyone just looking at the piece. But they wouldn't really be able to see. But you'd get pulled up on it, and you'd have to get it per- absolutely perfect. And that's the standard that I like to bring into my. You know, it set the benchmark mm-hmm. for me and. And being a bit of a perfectionist, which you obviously are, then um, it's a good... Uh, the training must have been excellent, but um, then you decided that you'd branch out into your own your own company. That's it, yeah. It's, uh, it's always been a dream of mine, to be honest, when I first... Even right from the, from the word go, really, right from when I was at college, I always sort of dreamed that one day I would have my own workshop and I dreamt of somewhere like this you know a traditional workshop um, you know set up the way I wanted it um, with you know surrounded by the hills and because that's just where my heart lied it just uh, that's how I envisaged it to be and I'm just so yeah it always been it, it was just a matter of when and when and where mm. really when I'd made that step now the the workshop is attached to the house where you live was it actually here or have you built it on so it's always been a purpose built workshop at the back Mm. of my property um but before that it was it wasn't a a woodworking shop it was i I think like a mechanical um for mechanics and stuff like that but i've it's taken a lot of a lot of long nights sort of working uh evenings and my weekends because um, I was working full time when I was sort of getting the workshop sort of up to how I was wanting it, um, so I had to put a lot of work in to sort of get it to this stage. Really, I've had to completely gut it out and and redo it, board it out with you know how I've wanted it, and get all my tools up and uh, clean it out and just get it to the way that I want it really. Um, and it's looking pretty impressive right now. And as I say, yeah. the smell when you walk in with all the wood is just brilliant. Now, what I'd like to talk to you... Well, no, I'm going to ask you a bit of a personal question here. Okay. I can see Go his face. What brought, you, what brought you to the Dales? I have a feeling that it's, it's a similar story to um, someone else that I interviewed recently. Yeah, well, uh, a blind date in uh, Sepa brought me to, <laughs> to, uh, to the Dales. Um, 
I met my wife Rachel um, on a blind date. We were we were sort of um, put to, matched together through mutual friends, really. And um, yeah, had a blind date in Sebber, and the rest is history, as they say. We, <laughs> you know, it went yeah, it went well, and we actually lived in Sebber together for a, for a couple of years before moving to the Dales and just while we were deciding on whether we moved to because it was a halfway house really between the Dales and the lakes where I was mm. from and we decided Rich she's been brought born and bred here in the in the Dales and I'd never to be honest I'd never been to Wensleydale really before meeting Rachel I'd only passed through briefly um we're going to a fell race and um, that I drove through Wensleydale and then um, the next sort of time I was coming through on a blind date and I, I actually pulled up just outside of Hardra um, just stopped my car and I, I got out and I just looked around and just took it all in and I just thought what a beautiful place this is I, I couldn't believe that I'd not been there mm. you know not been here before and you know since I since I've moved here it's just you know, it takes my breath away every time that I get, you know, if I get out for a run and running on the tops, you know, I'm just exploring and I'm just taking all new sights in and each time I have to sort of stop and I just think, gosh, you know, how lucky I am, you know, really. Now, I did also want to ask you, um, as you've you've touched upon it, fell running. Yeah. You put your heart and soul into everything that you do, don't you, Tom? I and do, yeah. I give it my absolutely, yeah, give it everything I've got uh, with things. I'm I'm quite a driven person, to be honest. I'm, like, really quite determined and competitive in what I do. And But we, we fell running. That's, I suppose, yeah, it was my first love f- from such a young age. What age did you start? I would have started, oh, I could have been as young as about four or five. And that was in in over near Kendall, was it? Yeah, yeah, and running local races, mm. um, sort of all over the country, really. My my dad, my mum and dad were, were keen fell runners, um, and we'd sort of follow my dad round, fell going to all these different fell races, and if there was junior races, we'd get involved. And I've got two younger brothers, and we'd, you know, they'd join, and, and my younger sister as well. Um, and we'd all get stuck in and join, you know, do the junior races, and I, I loved it. And we joined the the local fell running club, Helm Hill at Kendall, and um, you know we'd be going there once a week. But the more I sort of did, the, I, I just sort of thought, well, if I start putting a bit more effort into this, and and maybe getting out running myself, of you know, going out a few more times a week. Then it just started improving my performances, and the more I sort of got the re, you know, I got the performances, the results in my in my races. I just thought I've got to keep putting this effort in, and it's showing. And uh, it was just sort of a cycle, really. I just started really getting the hook for it and getting the bug, and um, I just loved getting out in the hills and and taking myself off running. And the more I did, the the better I got, and it was just sacri- I had to make sacrifices um, yeah I, I was uh, when I really started putting you know the time in I was in my teens and at that point you made start going out down the pub down the pub and <laughs> they're going on holidays and they're going to different events going to parties and 
I had to make that choice of, you know, do I do that or do I, you know, if I've got a hard training session the next morning, do I rest up and, and do my hard training session to the best I can because that's going to really put me in good stead for this race coming up and I started really having to make them hard sacrifices. Prioritising what yeah, was important to I, I really had a goal in mind with that. I, I wanted, you know, I really wanted to run for my country and I really wanted to represent England and I wanted to represent Great Britain. And and you've and, done that, haven't you? Th- yeah, through that I, I was able to do it and that was just through yeah, hard work and just the love for it as well. And um, Yeah, I've, uh, I was able to yeah, represent England and just had such fun along the way though, you know, with the trips that you got on. They were what they were the driving force that you train. You'd be training so hard all through the year, but you'd be thinking about that event that you'd hopefully get selected for, and what immense achievement you'd feel mm. when you'd get that call up to represent your country and and per- get personal that pr- personal pride, I think as well. But um, and you actually. You actually held the English fell running. You became the English fell running champion, didn't you, in two thousand fourteen? Yeah, that's uh, that's I suppose yeah my biggest achievement in my running career so far. Mm. Um, you know, ever from ever since a junior, that's what I looked at. You know, my heroes. I'd look at like the likes of Rob Jeb, and these you know these fell running greats that you just look at it as a junior and just think wow they are just so brilliant I'd love to do what they're doing and yeah it and you, and you did and, yeah. you did and uh, it was that yeah it, it came true and I just yeah I couldn't believe it but mm. it was the hardest thing I think I've ever done it, 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 it's, it was unbelievably hard just through the amount of work that you had to put in through where, where was it held? Well, it was all, it's a series of races, um, the championship. It's six races. There's two short races, two medium races, and two long races. Um, and so you have to be good right... right consistent, Consistent right through the year and be good at the short races that can range up to about six mile, the medium races that can range up to about 12, 13 mile, and then the long races, which can be as long as a marathon. Um, and... You know, you have to train and prepare for all them races throughout the season, and and be the best that you can be right through. And uh, it really takes a lot of dedication to get, you know, to get to that point. And it's just something that I really wanted to do. And I was lucky enough to do it at under eighteen, under twenty three, and then seniors. And that's uh, yeah, I'm mm. quite proud of that. Um, yes, I think uh, yes, definitely. That's um, I must admit until I actually started to find a bit more about you I thought I'm coming to interview a young man about his furniture making but in fact (laughs) there's a lot more to you than that isn't there (laughs) and how on earth at the moment you manage to juggle everything because you've got two young daughters haven't you yeah it's been it's been really hard work to be honest (laughs) yeah I feel quite tired Um, but yeah it's you know that is another massive Mm. you know point in my life where I'm really proud of you know being a father to you two young daughters that that you know as well as my business now uh, are a real priority to me mm-hmm. um I'm I'm really family oriented I love spending time with them and you know when I'm not working um now you know I'll I'll try and put as much time to them as I can and, and getting out and getting them to see 
you know, see where they live and uh, appreciate the outdoors and being outside and yeah, getting out for walks with them and they're, they're loving it just as much as yeah as, as I am. So mm. no, that's good. And I mean, you can tell talking to uh, your eldest; she's uh, considering her age. She talks really well. Yeah, she, Helen, she, know, yeah. she knows what she wants as well, yeah, doesn't she? Yeah, she does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she lets us know, yeah. <laughs> no, really cute. Can I just say, I mean, well, I did see that you that you recently made a throne at the Forbidden Corner. Yeah, that, yeah, that was one of my recent commissions that I've just completed, yeah. That was a really fun com- commission, that. I, uh, I just, um, yeah, I was really grateful to, one, get, you know, to be asked to make it for them. And... Um, I was really excited to because they gave us a brief but they were really quite lax on they just really put the trust in me which really meant a lot um it's huge as well isn't yeah, it yeah like, oh, the brief was to make it huge make it, make it big make it gothic sort mm. of games of game of thronesy and um I was able to you know I, I didn't have a I didn't have a drawing to go off no brief no complete design to go off I just went off my imagination and that was a fun part of it really I was just able to just just worked worked instinctively on it and just thought well that needs you know I just thought that needs a bit there that needs that shape in there and I just work as I went and uh, sometimes you you know you get the best results that way you just Mm. go and just think you let your experience go dictate you there and you know, on, on what you can get away with and, and what would look good. And, yeah, you just got to put your imagination into it, which, I, I, you know, I find quite easy to do because I'm quite an imaginative person, really. Mm. Um, like, I, I, I would, you know, you'd go on a run, you'd go on a walk and you'd be thinking, I'd be thinking I was going to make it and I'd almost feel like I've, I've made the throne before I've even made it because, I, you know, I've gone through all the different shapes and... Mm. All the different ways that I could go about making it, um, and you were a bit nervous. I, I saw about actually um, putting it, putting it up, actually constructing it because you had to construct it there with all, put all the different pieces together. That was it. Yeah, it had to, it had to be made so that it could all be uh, put up at the top of this tower because you had to go up this spiral staircase, and mm. it was all got, the access, access was access. really quite hard. Mm. Um, and uh, me and my father-in-law. Uh, we nearly got lost. Um, in, well, we we did get lost. And in, in the forbidden trying the to find corner, it. Yeah, trying to find our way through. And uh, easy done. Easy done. That's it. Yeah. But um, yeah, no. Mm. So it was all made up in co- made all the components up. I actually put it all together here uh, in the workshop and sort of deassembled it mm. and then assembled it back in in situ. But it was uh yeah it was i was relieved to say the least when it all went together just nicely and slotted together nice mm. and uh, no it looked good and when i, I realized what the size was when i saw the picture at the photograph of you yeah, sat in it you yeah, think dwarf, your feet dwarf. don't touch the ground no, do they it, it does it dwarfs, <laughs> yeah, it dwarfs a grown man yeah that's mm. it mm. that's what i wanted it to do I wanted it to give yeah. that sort of sense of just yeah grandeur and when I saw that you'd created a throne for a castle, I thought, ooh, which castle is that? And yeah. then Forbidden Corner, fantastic. Yeah, no, I'm taking it in my stride. Mm. And you're getting commissions from all over, not just local, aren't you? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm working on some pieces at the moment. That um, Well, one uh, commission is going down to um, a house in Hackney 
um, which is a big dining table, a big walnut dining table, and I've got a couple of benches to go with it, uh, which has been a really nice, exciting commission, to be honest. It's um, if, uh, They had a walnut tree in the garden, and it, it came down, and um, they've... They've sawn it all up and seasoned all the wood for me and sent it sent it up and um and I've made them a, a dining table top and the benches bench tops to go with it and I'm just about to start making the frames for them and, and then that'll be getting delivered hopefully fairly shortly to go down to, to London so And because you're doing unique one one of a kind pieces, aren't you mainly? Is that right? That, yeah, I, I've um, I've made a few stock items, mm. um, but mainly my work so far has been all commission based, mm. and I've had yeah a range of a range of commissions so far. I mean, my first my first commission uh, was a really exciting piece. Um, it was uh, to make a desk from uh, what uh, from oak and sycamore and um that was to go down london as well um and it, that was a really exciting project to be involved in she was she was from the dales and yeah. uh she was wanting that dales that, connection yeah the dales connection uh within a piece of furniture and within the desk that she was wanting so we we sort of talked a lot and um exchanged ideas and came up with this idea to create the the Ribblesdale desk and um that was yeah a really nice commission and I was mm. really lucky to have that was my first commission because uh, it was such a lovely piece to make it you know with the piston fit drawers all dovetailed together and um that you know that it was all made from such quality wood just working on it it was just a joy mm. um, just wanting to know then if someone wants to actually see any furniture that you have created that is for sale at present i understand you've got something at stacy moore's art gallery in richmond is that right yes so there's um there's a piece there in stacy moore's art gallery which is a hall table uh the adelborough hall table that's that was inspired by the hill just outside my house actually um i really wanted to sort of encapsulate the the sweeping sort of curves of of the hill um within a piece of furniture and and that's a piece over at stacy moore's gallery there and then i've got also a piece down in asquig um the um um heather and gross isn't yeah, it the heather, heather and gross yeah the mm. ellebeck um lamp table um and also there is the elekin lamp table which is at um linda joseph's interior design studio just over at, at Kirby Lonsdale oh. um, if yeah if you want to pop in there and see it's uh, yeah that's, see the standard of work that you do yeah there's a there was a bit of brass work involved in that and some mm. veneering and yeah that I'd say that was my most sort of technical technically challenging piece I'd say that I, I, mm. I've done uh, so far um, but yeah really again really enjoyable and as I arrived in here um, and saw that you've also got some much smaller pieces that are so tactile that uh, when they come up, I'm going to have to have some like, <laughs> some myself, definitely. Mm. So if anyone then wants to get in touch with you to commission you or to find out more about what you do and what you can offer, yes. how, how would they do that? What's the best way? So I'd say the best way, they can either ring me direct Yes, they so can they can telephone you. Telephone me or email me mm. um, or 
contact me directly through my Instagram account or Facebook account. I'll get all of these details from you That's after it. we've yeah. finished talking and I will put them all in the show notes so that people can find out the best way to get in touch with you. Have you got a website as well? Yes, I do. Yeah, it's, What's it? It's uh, tafinefurniture.co.uk. All right, okay. No, that's that's great. I've really enjoyed talking to you and I'm I I love being here in your workshop. Definitely. And 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 also meeting your family. You've got cute little children. <laughs> and um Rachel and I, your your uh, your wife have something in common too. So yeah, that's um, it, yeah. quite a <laughs> quite an interesting interview certainly, not just about uh not just what we've recorded, but prior to it too. That's it. Anyway, so thank you very much, Tom, for agreeing to talk to me. Thank you, Susan. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Please rate and review it so that I know what you like the best. If you want to get in touch with me, you'll find my contact details in the show notes. Also, don't forget to follow or subscribe so that you don't miss the next episode. Until next time then, this is Susan signing out from Inside Yorkshire.